This is Downtown Lowdown with Downtown Halifax Business Commission. Welcome to Downtown Lowdown with Downtown Halifax Business Commission. This is where you can find out all you need or want to know about Downtown Halifax. I'm Ivy Ho, Director of Communications with Downtown Halifax Business Commission. And I'm Alana McDonald-Mills, Director of Marketing. Ivy and I will be your hosts for Downtown Lowdown and we'll be giving you the lowdown on what's new in business, events, development, and issues that affect downtown. In each episode, we'll also talk to individuals that are key players that work to make downtown better. We're really happy to have Karash Rad from Rad Consulting here today. Uh, he's from the Art of City Building Conference, and the Art of City Building Conference is designed to inspire conversations around people, design, and placemaking. It's a great conference, and DHBC has been involved on the organizing side of things since the beginning. So, Karash, thank you for, for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Uh, where did the idea of Art of City Building come from? Well, Art of City Building Conference is a grassroots conference that really came from a few of us were talking about and are creating an opportunity to bring amazing speakers from around the world to Halifax to talk about inspirational projects that they're working on to both show off our city but to also learn from them to see how are things being done in other cities. We felt that Halifax can use inspirations from other places and also inspire other people to do things uh, the way we do. It really came from fireside chats, just sitting around talking about different things. We had people coming in under different names. You know, there was a car, mo- car market lecture that you guys have been doing for many years. So there have there has been all these different things happening, but we felt that there is an opportunity for doing a free and public conference to bring in not just planners, not just architects, not just bureaucrats, politicians but a variety of different people that are involved in city building together to talk about what it is, what it takes to build a city. And that's the name Art of City Building came from that art of being able to work together, being able to compromise, being able to get inspired and do the right thing for the city. And that art is what we are trying to do here. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a grassroots organization. It's still not, a, not an organization. No one owns it. It's a few people that care. We get together every year. We uh, try to put it together. And we have amazing support from uh, public and private sector and NGOs all coming together to make it happen. So it's not just planners or architects. It's like I've, I've been to the conference before, and it's a really great conference. But there have been, like, economists, you know, primarily planners, yes, but it's been other people, you know, that are passionate about city building. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, so I think, I mean, the definition of planning has changed and the people that are involved in city planning are no longer your traditional just the planners coming from school. Many people are involved in the uh, in the city building efforts uh, these days. The developers, to a certain extent, they need to know a lot about planning. Mm-hmm. You know, the economists are involved quite a bit with, you know, our, our discussions. We wanted to create a forum that allows people from different backgrounds to come in without a you know, threshold of, like, you know, there's no entry fee, there's no requirement for you. Uh, as long as you care about city building, as long as you want to be part of the discussion, you're welcome to sit in the discussion. So we wanted to have that open dialogue and expand beyond, there, there are always all these silos. I, one of the things I've noticed, I'm a planner myself, one of the things I've noticed, you know, from the day I went to school to today when I'm working in industries, different in- industries, there are all these silos. We may all want to achieve the same goal, but because we are not talking to each other, we are having a hard time understanding each other's perspective. So we have this counterproductive relationship often. One of the things that Art of City Building has managed to do is bring different people together and say, look, here are some of the things that are being done elsewhere. Isn't it nice for us to also have similar things going on here? And that those examples allow people to get beyond just their day-to-day challenges 
it's, it's hard for someone to sit sitting at their desk dealing with day-to-day problems to see what is that bigger goal, what is that objective, what it means to build a great city sometimes. So when you can take a day off, it's a conference on a Monday, to just sit and look at inspirational stuff from around the world, it may put what you're doing in perspective to see what is that bigger thing that we can achieve together. And I think the, the key to success of Art of City Building has been that openness and allowing people to just step aside from their day-to-day for a minute, for, for a full day, and to see uh, great things from around the world. And then trying to internalize that. We've had really amazing discussions after every conference with the speakers that came from around the world or amongst the people that, were, that came to the conference talking about, you know, what does this mean in Halifax? What does it mean? Okay, City of Malmo has done this. Or, you know, Toronto has done it this way. Or this other city has done it this way. What does it mean in our local context? And those discussions is where it gets really interesting because then we're not just talking about inspirations. We're talking about actual projects that we can do here. And interesting enough, there has been a... The, con- the people that came to the conference, they really loved the conference itself for the, the, the format that it has. We didn't just fly them in and fly them out. They didn't come in and stay in the hotel the night before, show up for two hours, show, to show us the same presentation that they did for you know 200 other presentations. They actually came in. We bring them in a day early. Now I'm getting a bit into details. Of that's this, fine. That's fine. Because I'm aware of some of the details yeah, yeah, of the yeah. conference. Like they actually come in a day early, as you say. They take tours of the city. Right. Uh, they come and eat lobster at somebody's home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. Talk about that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we actually, we, we early on, we were like, you know what? We need to have a pool because the speakers we are going after are really sought after people. We wanted to make sure that the people that are coming here are getting something more than just a fly and fly out uh, conference gig. And frankly, we didn't have a whole lot of money when we started out. It was just an idea. We wanted to find, create an experience for the speakers to also learn from Halifax. And to we, we love Halifax. We all do. The, our region is so beautiful. How can we use that as a leverage to bring speakers in? And actually it worked. We, we started bringing people a couple of days early, the ones that, they, that could. We take them out to Pegascope. We go to our uh, friend TJ McGuire. Uh, he's not here, unfortunately, today. But his parents uh, kindly hosted lobster dinner, all homemade stuff. We go buy the lobster from the uh, processing center, show them how it's done. We take it to, the, to their place. We eat it, talk about Halifax, talk about different issues, talk about Halifax problems in the context of a national, international context. And then the next day they see, we, we walk them around, we show them different things. By the time we uh, finish this day and a half of activities, they really have a good understanding of who we are as a city. And they also have synergies amongst themselves. So when they come in on Monday morning to talk, most of them, they're like, Sunday evening, they're like, can we go back, change our presentation a little bit? So we have to let them go a little early. And when they come in on Monday, there is an interesting synergy that they're still talking about their projects, but they're, they're starting to make the connections in their head to what we have in here in Halifax. And that, that has gone a long way. Almost all the speakers that have come and gone, from Jennifer Kizma to you know some people from MIT that we were, working, we were talking to, you know, we had Hans and Charlotte from Amsterdam last year. Every single one of them have expressed their interest to work here, to find a project, to collaborate, and to bring us over there to see their... We actually went to Amsterdam this year with TJ to see some of the stuff they're doing. They get really excited about what we have going on here. So it becomes this exchange, the exchange of ideas and come back and forth. Uh, we are really working, like many of the organizations that come to the conference also grasp the ideas and they try to bring some of the speakers back to do projects. So it's been an interesting dynamic that has been created and a lot of it has, I I, I like to think, 
has to do with the fact that we have this beautiful city, a lot of potentials, and a lot of people that are willing to do what is necessary to make the city better. And I think there's a lot of positive stories, and we've, we've been lucky to be able to capture that throughout the city building. Yeah, it's really interesting that you bring that up because, you know, they do, when they do speak, the speakers, the invited speakers, they actually have specific examples. They're not just, oh, I just flew in this morning, I'm going to talk for an hour and talk theoretically. They actually talk about Halifax yeah. and specific mm-hmm. things that are happening here uh, as examples. So that's great. So I'm going to switch gears a little bit. This conference is open to the general public. It's free. That's right. So as a person that may not have an urban planning background or architectural background or even economist background, what what can the general public get out of this conference? We try to choose the topics based on very relevant discussions in our city. Uh, that has been another uh, key component that we didn't want to just have a general discussion. We didn't look at trends in, internationally. We looked at what is relevant in our city right now. So this year, for example, we see the, the discussion about mobility being a constant challenge for Halifax. From not, It's not just about transit. It's about transit, accessibility, There are different components, active transportation, different components that our city is growing at a higher rate than Toronto, but we are challenged with a lot of small city, like, you know, we're going from a small city to a, you know, prosperous city, but the challenge of mobility continues to uh, be a major struggle for us. So looking at that, we decided that this year mobility should be a major uh, issue for us. And mobility is something that anyone in Halifax has to deal with from someone on the wheelchair, someone who owns a car, someone who wants to take their children to school. Everybody has to deal with the question of mobility, and it's an urgent matter that we have to deal with. But then within the context of mobility, there's a question of placemaking. How can we make a a beautiful city and build it from the grounds up with the help of everybody? And how can we make our uh, mobility options beautiful? So there's a lot of discussions that mobility connects with uh, with placemaking. So we, those are the two topics that we really wanted to tackle. But then comes along the question of technology. Technology has been a reoccurring uh, topic for the past three years. This is the third year we are doing it. The reason it is is that our entire life has been dominated by technology. Everything that we are touching these days is dominated by it. Our cities are being dominated by it. But our understanding of what technology is and what, is it, what it is intended for is not being discussed. So we wanted to look at mobility placemaking in the context of future cities and smart cities. So how can we make sure that the technology that comes in is here to serve us, not the other way around? We are not serving the technology. This technology is serving us. So once we talk about mobility and placemaking, we want to also put a lens of smart cities. And it happened that the federal government last year had the Smart Cities Challenge that Bridgewater actually was one of the winners out of the 130 applications. So they are coming in as well as part of the conference to talk about the Smart City Challenge. And the, the interesting thing about the Smart Cities Challenge was 130 applications, I happen to be sitting at the jury for, for that uh, challenge, 130 applications came, came, came to uh, Smart Cities Challenge and we reviewed it, and about half of them were about mobility. So it's a common challenge, but a lot of the communities are struggling to grasp what can technology do to help with the mobility. It's not, it's not just about the app. It's about understanding mobility first and then applying uh, the technology to it. So we think these three topics are going to be very relevant. So as someone, just going back to your question, as someone who doesn't know anything about urban planning, architecture, design, it doesn't matter. You are a resident in the city. You are someone who lives in the city. You should, first of all, have a voice in what happens here. And second, 
you should know what, what, what kind of you, you can learn what kind of discussions you can have about mobility what are the options how can we in a city with you know we, this often comes up we are an old city we can't have buses and bike lanes and whatnot everywhere but can we maybe maybe we can maybe let, let's look at some examples from uh, San Francisco let's look at some examples from Europe then opening up the possibilities opening up our minds to the inspirations from around the world that's something that you can expect from this conference and then on top of that the people that are coming here, we, we create different opportunities. We actually learned, uh, heard, heard this loud and clear from last previous years that uh, people want to have the time to interact with the speakers amongst themselves. So we're pro providing ample opportunity for that this year. You have the opportunity to touch base with your counselor, with the MLAs. You have the opportunity to talk to architects, to the, the developers. This is the interesting part that also we have a forum for people to get this, you know, to, to see a developer that's building something across the street that may, they, they may not like or they may really like and have a discussion about it. Why did you do it the way they did it? You know, so there's, there's a lot of multi, multiple things that you can get out of it from inspiration all the way to the, the, that networking opportunity that you may not have throughout the year. Yeah, and as you said, mobility touches everybody. I mean, it's a, and it affects your life in so many ways from employment to your health uh, to you know, your quality of life. So uh, the theme this year is really timely, I think. Yeah, and I think it's not something that we... It's, it's, we, we the tagline for the conference is inspiring conversations. Mm -hmm. We can, our, we have made it our mandate to try to create that inspiration, that opportunity for inspiration. But what do we get out of it and what happens after that? It really comes down to the, every single individual. Mm -hmm. um, the good thing is last couple of years, the discussions didn't limit itself to just the conference. So for example, what we are hoping this year the speakers that are coming and talking about mobility, we are making sure that the people that are uh, in that world, from Halifax Transit to uh, the different, you know, um, the uh, Ecology Action Center, different people that are involved in the discussion about mobility, they get connected with the speakers. They have time to, to discuss this with them, to hopefully get the conversation moving from just the conference to further discussions. And I think the mobility, absolutely. This is not something we we can talk about it every day of the, every week, and we are not done talking about it. We just have to make sure that we move forward with it. So we should probably actually uh, mention the dates. Sure. <laughs> what are the dates this year? Where so is it happening? That Halifax experience, uh, this year we are partnering up with Switch Halifax. Um, Switch is happening on Sunday, September 15th. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll be taking our speakers through the Switch routes. We're going to show them around. They're going to see what's going on, on on that day. It's going to be a really fun day. And it's not going to rain? No, of course not. Nothing. No, because the no. delegates are actually, go the speakers are going to have lunch on yes, the street, I heard. Switch <laughs> is organizing a kitchen party on Agricola. Uh, uh, nice. We're going to have a big table on Agricola. Uh, our speakers are going to be sitting around there, so please do come. It's a free event, obviously, and our speakers are there yeah. to experience. Then Sunday evening, this is the first year we are doing this, we are going to have a stage on the waterfronts. Details are going to be published next uh, soon, by, I mean, by the time this podcast is out, I guess they will know. There's going to be a public event on the waterfront with inspirations from around the world. It's a public event. Come on in. We're going to have some music. That's going to be really fun on the waterfront from 4 to 6 p.m. on Sunday, September 15th. So right after Switch is done. Right after Switch is done, exactly. So you go to Switch, grab some food, yeah, come sit down. Yeah, exactly. Yes, stay absolutely. Downtown. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, stay downtown. downtown. Yeah. Uh, then from there... On Monday morning, the, se the sessions at the library, the official day for the conference is uh, September 16th. That's going to start at 9 a.m. or 8.30 is the, the opening at the library. Uh, we have the Paul Oregon Hall at the library. Mm -hmm. We'll be there for three sessions. That's also open to the public. However, we sell out every year. 
it's a free conference, but we require registration because we just have to have... Uh, there's limited space. There's yeah. limited space. So that's through Eventbrite, correct? That's through Eventbrite, yeah. and you can through go to website. our website mm -hmm. uh, at uh, ca to acquire your tickets. But then in the evening, we have another social event, also open to public, at the Brewery Market. That's Monday, uh, September 16th. Um, and again, this year, we expanded the conference a little bit. On the Tuesday, we have a number of workshops, details of which are on our website. Some of them are public, some of them are not, but you can register um, to the ones that uh, you may be interested. And that's the overall uh, conference uh, program. But if you couldn't get tickets, because it does sell out, we do online screening of the whole thing, uh, so you can uh, live streaming of the whole event. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I've seen some of the, the videos from previous years yes. on the website. So and, yeah, yeah. it's really high quality. Yeah, it uh, is. It is. It's, yeah. it's very easy to follow. We are probably going to have something that if you're sitting at home, you can still tweet and we can read the questions and all that. The hashtag is AOCB2019 if uh, you're interested in that. So you can follow through online as well. And all of the material, if you can't catch any of that, all of the material for previous year and this year is free available on our website, including the presentation slides by the presenters. Which is great because it's yeah. so accessible to exactly. anyone. Exactly. Are there any speakers that you're really excited about this year? Well, that you can talk about. They, they yeah, they we, we some of the speakers invited us to Amsterdam this year and to Valencia, Spain. So we went down there, looked at the conference. We. Uh, we have created this interesting network of back and forth that some of the speakers that were in Halifax were in Valencia and Amsterdam this year, and then now we're going to see some of those guys to bring them here. Very excited to have uh, Fred Kent and Kathy Madden with Project for Public Spaces here. Incredible individuals. And we have Mary Rowe coming here from Toronto. We have uh, Lucy Tukoa, all of from Auckland, coming here. I'm excited about all of them. Really. Of course, um, yeah. They sound great. Yeah, they're all like, we have people from Seattle, we have people from San Francisco, we have uh, Ramon coming from all the way from Valencia. So really amazing speakers. But again, it's about creating that relationship and, you know, come talk to them. They're very accessible. And yeah, we're hoping to have a, yet another amazing year this year. Well, I'm really looking forward to it because I've been to the last two and they were amazing. The speakers are the quality of speakers is uh, just amazing. Yeah, if you can add one more thing about Absolutely, the go reason ahead. we can do this is because of the our sponsors. sponsors. Yes, go we right We call ahead. them partners Yes, because they're really our partners. Mm -hmm. um, uh, to start out with, obviously, Downtown Halifax Business Commission has been a big supporter from year one. They're, you guys are in the trenches with us, helping <laughs> us with uh, all the planning and all that. Develop Nova Scotia, again, TJ McGuire is with them. Uh, uh, there has been a lot of support from them. National PR, we have private developers, we have the public sector, we have a lot of different people. We have the Department, Department of Business helping us out with this. Department of Energy is involved, all the bids are involved. It, it really goes from public, private sector, NGOs, like even you know, Ecology Action Center, for example, is you know, they're providing a lot of in-kind uh, help for us. It's, it's, it really is a grassroots uh, event. If you want to help out this year, next year, definitely reach out. We always uh, welcome input and uh, help. So, yeah. Well, that's great. I know that from the Downtown Halifax Business Commission's point of view, it's a, there, we see the value of the conference. So we're always happy to, to be a part of this. So we've just been talking to Karash Rad from Rad Consulting, and he's one of the organizers of the Art of City Building Conference. And thank you so much for, for joining us today. And now for BizBuzz. Next up, we have BizBuzz with Kuda. Kuda is talking about nine new businesses that opened downtown during the summer of 2019. So, Kuda, tell us what's new. 
Hi, hi everyone. I'm Kodanda Tsungira. I'm the Membership Engagement Manager with DHBC. All right, we're going to start with Pickford and Black. So they opened at 1869 Upper Water Street in Historic Properties. They're at the Old Gahan House location, if you are familiar with that spot. Uh, so they serve local seafood, craft beer, and yummy cocktails in a bright and open space with ocean themes. And they also have these cool Pickford and Black swings that are perfect for boomerang shots. That is important. It Very is. important. Yeah. Yep. And we had our AGM there in June, and it is and a beautiful I, spot. It's, it's so bright spot. and open, yeah. and the food was great. And I have perfect boomerang shots. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Mercantile Social opened at 1579 Hollis Street in the Maple. They serve food, cocktails, and wines that are inspired by the trade routes that brought exotic ingredients from around the globe to Halifax. And if you're looking for luxury with the hint of 19th century glam, this is the spot to be. And they have a great patio also mm-hmm. with uh, heaters and stuff. So yeah, I think it's Fancy probably spot. a good patio into the fall. Yes. Yeah. That is important. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited about this next one because they actually serve sushi burritos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Way to Roll and Kayo Kitchen and Bar are open at 1715 Barrington Street. Way to Roll serves sushi burritos and fresh poke bowls during the day. And at night, Kayo Kitchen and Bar offers up Japanese fusion cuisine with specialty cocktails. The best of both worlds in one location, wouldn't you say? Definitely, yes. <laughs> I've tried both, uh, the sushi burritos and uh, the poke bowls, mm-hmm. and really good. Really and good. the portions are really good, too. Yeah. yeah. A little messy, though? A little bit. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> Hard to say. Yeah. But well, you yeah, have really to enjoy good. your food one way or another. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and Alexander's Pizza is now open downtown. Yeah, so they're open at 1735 Grafton Street, which is their new downtown home. Uh, it's the former Tony's Pizza location. Now, if you're looking to try their famous homemade tomato sauce, I recommend stopping by Alexander's and grabbing a slice. And they're also open late. They do serve that 4 a.m. crowd. Yes. Yeah. It's really important to get a good slice of pizza. (laughs) Very important. At 3 (laughs) a.m. That's the best time to eat pizza. And then Iris Communications is open at 1521 Sackville Street, and they're a public affairs company that provides services to all sorts of clients, uh, for example, in the forestry industry, seafood, financial services, healthcare. And if you're looking for a firm to assist with services such as government relations and crisis communications, definitely contact Iris Communications. Next is um, El Mio, open at 1496 Lower Water Street in the Alexander. Andrea Building by the brewery, and they offer bra fittings and premium lingerie brands such as Prima Donna, Marie Jo, and Van L, just to mention a few, as well as Maxtetomy bras and breast forms. Now, their sizes range from AA to K, and they're changing women's lives one bra at a time. Yeah, it's really interesting that they have mastectomy bras because you never really think about that unless yeah. you're actually in, in that situation. situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that's great that they offer those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's in the Alexander Heath Brewery building. Yes. Yeah. yes, it is. Yeah. And new to the Halifax waterfront, uh, Harbor Watercraft Rentals and Adventures is open by the wave. They offer niche, fun, and entertaining activities, including sea-do rentals and guided adventure tours. You should pay them a visit to explore the harbor from a different perspective. Now, have any of you guys tried sea-do's? No. Not in the harbor. <laughs> <laughs> no. I've seen them zipping around, though. I think yeah. they'd be fun. 
I think it would be. Fun thing yeah. to do. If you knew how to swim. I don't know how to swim. I'm ashamed I to think say. you'd be safe. But you'd have way. a life jacket on. Yeah. True. Okay. Yeah. True. Yes. We yeah. should plan an office trip. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Taking it there. <laughs> We also have another new business on the waterfront, and they're a waterfront coffee bar and eatery. They offer coffee, specialty drinks, and takeaway plant-based breakfast items without the use of single-use plastic containers. Now, they're plant-based, environmentally safe, and delicious. What better combination exists? Great. I think that's great. Mm -hmm. I hope more businesses will be doing the same. Like, Hopefully, this is the trend. Right. Um, We've started with the straws already. Yes. This may be the next step. And that's in the Salt Yard area, which is newly christened the Salt Yard this year, but it's where all the, uh, the water kiosks are on the waterfront. Mm-hmm. The final business we're going to be introducing in this episode is Sky's the Limit Events. If you're looking for help planning a corporate event, look no further. Open at 1574 Argyle Street, Sky's the Limit Events offers full-service event planning, coordination, and design service from weddings to corporate events to holiday designs. They have the experience, they're high class, and most importantly, they focus on their clients. Two special mentions that we have. Gahan House has opened in a new location in the Nova Center at 1615 Grafton Street. And a big congratulations to the Canadian Museum of Immigration at Pier 21, who celebrated their 20-year anniversary of being opened this year. Congratulations to them. Yeah, congratulations to Pier 21. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what an accomplishment. Thanks, Kuda. Kuda will be back next time with more information on businesses that opened this summer in downtown Halifax. We'll see you then. All right, see you next episode. The Coast Top 5 Events. It's time now for the Coast Top 5 Events in downtown Halifax. Joining us is Morgan Mullen, the brand new arts and entertainment editor at The Coast. She'll be giving us her recommendations for what to do in September. Welcome, Morgan. Thanks for being on our first Downtown Lowdown podcast. All right. Thanks so much for having me. This is very exciting. So I have five different things that I thought were Mm -hmm. exciting that were happening around September. I I couldn't rank them because I thought they all looked really interesting. But, yeah, I guess to start off with, there's an art show that's happening at the Art Gallery of Nova Scotia called Here We Are Here. The show is supposed to be an exploration of blackness in Canada, and I think it's really interesting because it's uh, some really big-name artists from across the country have put different works into this show, and it was a a showcase that traveled to Toronto and Montreal, and then it's arrived here uh, at the AGNS, and it's exciting when one of those big national shows gets to come here and we kind of get to to see some different interesting works and that sort of thing. I know that we had uh, at the coast, we had either, I can't remember now if it was a a preview of the show or a review, but uh, one of our writers and I were chatting a little bit about how um, they went to take a look at it and and were really impressed with the exhibit. So Yeah, we've heard really good things. Mm, Yeah, I think it looks really interesting and just like a bunch of different works in different mediums and like that sort of thing, talking on a lot of different facets of an issue. So I think that's exciting. Yeah, uh, so another thing that's exciting, of course, in September, Neptune is going to be starting it's uh, fall season, and one of the first shows for that, uh, opening on September 10th, is The Last Wife, and that's going to be an exploration of the relationship between Henry VIII and Catherine Parr. I think that's going to be really interesting to see because it's always kind of different and novel to see these historical stories told through a fresh way, and um, basically it looks like Neptune is kind of telling this more from Parr's perspective, which I think is going to be really interesting. Earlier this year I went to see the Neptune did an almost all-lady production of Hamlet, and that was really, really interesting to kind of see that flipped around, and I'm Mm -hmm. excited to see them do more work kind of in that vein uh, as things move forward to just kind of look at things from different angles and put a new lens on a historical event. And The Last Wife is uh, featuring Stephanie McDonald and directed by Natasha McClellan. That is true. And they are very talented women, and that's just a powerhouse of 
you know, females, like, just, yeah, talent. Yeah, people like can't, really interesting show. Yeah. People can't see me nodding emphatically at yeah. you <laughs> as I agree that this is going to be, like, all the powerhouse ladies yeah. bringing together yeah. a, a really cool play that's going to be interesting and exciting and kind of, I don't know, like, bringing modern themes mm. through this uh, unexpected delivery. So I think that's going to be really cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely going to go see that. Yeah, <laughs> for <Me> sure. Too. <laughs> so another thing that I had on my list that I was excited about, um, there's a workshop happening at Argyle Fine Art called Oddbot on September 18th uh, from 6 to 8 p.m. And that's a Wednesday. Um, Argyle Fine Art does a really great job of taking different things that maybe the average person would look at and be like, oh yeah, like that, that actually, that can be art. And I think that's really cool. So with this workshop in particular, what they're doing is they're taking old bits of metal, um, found like things, things that maybe might be like kind of considered like trash, that sort of thing, and you're going to get to build your own robot with it. So in the image that they have for the show, it looks like uh, they have like little bits of screws, clock faces, all kinds of different things making these cool little statuettes, and I think that's just going to be a really great way to get people thinking about waste and like looking at the world differently and just like get to make That'd this fun little thing. Things and yeah. Things. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they that's actually exciting. participated in our uh, Clean Sweep event in June mm-hmm. and so some they brought some of their artists uh, mm-hmm. from Argyle Fine Art to the event and some of the volunteers found some found objects for them to make into art cool. and they actually made a, I think they found a fire hose mm-hmm. valve and oh, wow. one of the artists actually made it into a functioning lamp. That's and just sold it at Argyle Fine Art. It was. Yeah. It looked really cool. It actually did. I could see it in somebody's home. It was didn't wow. look like junk. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And that's like one thing that I find really interesting that a lot of the artists on the roster at Argyle Fine Art are always doing. Can't remember now if it was last fall or earlier this year, but there was an artist for a while who was based out of Argyle Fine Art that was like collecting straws and like building small sculptures that to look at you would never realize that that's something that ends up as like plastic waste in the ocean. Mm-hmm. And it's just really interesting to see things like that diverted and made into new things. And, yeah, yeah, that's really neat. That sounds interesting. Yeah, it's like that nice line between like exciting but accessible. So even if you don't always necessarily think of yourself as like an art person, which mm-hmm. everyone is an art person, but anyway, Argyle Fine Art will get you thinking about things, which is fun. And um, my next thing on my list was there was a comedy night happening at Art Bar and Projects. That's part of the NASCAD campus in the Granville Mall. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a showcase on September 12th with Travis Lindsay, and he's really funny. Um, he's kind of a storytelling comic. I saw him probably a little over a month ago. Some friends and I went to this uh, comedy night where different local acts were telling, like, Tinder horror stories. And... Um, <laughs> Anyway, it was kind of funny because he told this big story about meeting people at a martini bar and how the whole evening kind of went sideways. And I am not always the biggest, like, storytelling comic, but he really had me, like, laughing really hard. And my, all my friend group, we were really enjoying it. So I figure he won me over. He'll he'll make you laugh as well. So, yeah. So uh, I think that'll be a fun night out. Yeah, and that great. Yeah. Another thing as well, um, at the Carlton, Sue Foley is going to be playing on September 12th at 9, a show that's going to be 25 advance or $30 at the door. She is this award-winning triple threat blues guitarist, singer-songwriter who's a bit of, uh, well, she's been she's been at it for, for a few years for sure and is a well-established name, so it's exciting to get to see someone like that when they come through town. Something I notice sometimes at different times that I'm at the Carlton, Whenever, you know, performers are going through their set, they always seem to, like, pause for a minute to talk about how excited they are to be playing that venue. I mean, I know people do that everywhere they play, but (laughs) they always talk about that building specifically, and it feels to me anyway like it's the sort of thing where it's one of the few places left in Canada that musicians are still excited to make a debut at. 
um, because it's such an intimate space, because it's still in the downtown of a city, because it has a um, diverse range of acts that come through. So yeah. Yeah, and it has a great menu. That's true. A menu, so you can yeah. go and eat dinner and have some drinks and then Definitely. watch the show. Yes. Yeah. And I and think the... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, I think it's also one best venue in the ECMAs for a couple years now. I was just about to now. mention yeah. that. You read my mind. <laughs> in uh, the Best of Halifax Reader's Choice Award as well at the Coast, it's definitely won many a time for Best mm-hmm. Live Music Venue as well. Yeah. So people love it, and I think that there's like a good kind of communal vibe going there, which is a lot of fun. I've also heard good things about their French fries that I have to uh, do some investigate for pointing yeah. on. So it's like a win-win. Have yeah. some good food, have some good music. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You cannot go wrong. So. Yeah. Great. So a few other things that are happening around downtown Halifax this September include United Way. They have their Harbor Swim on September 12th, which is a Thursday, from 11.30 to 1 at Bishop's Landing. So last year they had over 60 swimmers that who crossed the harbor to raise money for the United Way, and this year they're hoping for 100. Um, so head down on your lunch break and cheer on the swimmers. There will be entertainment, a by-donation barbecue, and lots of family-friendly events. And the rain date for this event is September 13th, which is the next day. That would be such an amazing workout. And when you got to oh the gosh, other side, yeah. you would feel so exhilarated about your life. I would never make it. <laughs> As a non-swimmer, I definitely wouldn't make it. <laughs> I would be doing the breaststroke. I'd make like a rock. Maybe really. not even halfway. <laughs> yeah. So uh, good for them. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. It's very admirable. Um, the 2019 Halifax Mac and Cheese Festival is coming to Halifax mm-hmm. for the first time the weekend of September 13th to 15th. So this is a touring food festival that celebrates everything mac and cheese so there will be 50 variations of mac and cheese which I can't believe there's that many variations <laughs> I could not even name 50 cheeses no. I don't think no. but um, I could eat 50 cheeses <laughs> I can't name them but I'll eat no. them yeah. <laughs> uh, there's craft beer there'll be live bands and a DJ there'll be cooking competitions and more so it's free to get in but obviously you pay separately for the food and drinks mm-hmm. and it's t- taking place in the Salter lot on the waterfront so I'm picturing it being similar to the Rib Fest that comes in July that's sort mm-hmm. of touring food festival so that sounds exciting people love that Rib Fest too like people Yes. a crowd. Yeah. I feel like this one will be back again. Mm-hmm. I feel full already talking about mac and cheese. I know. You have to like really clear your plate yeah. to see where to go. Yeah. I'm surprised that this hasn't happened before this. Yeah. Like this is the first time in Halifax? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. Mac and cheese. Well, I feel like you can eat it and then you'd ha- yes. wouldn't be able to do anything after. Just sit around. <laughs> and just say, oh, that was delicious, <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> I was like, oh, I overdid it. <laughs> Switch Halifax Open Street Sunday is taking place September 15th from 12 to 4 p.m. It's a part of the Art of City Building Conference this year. For those of you not familiar with Switch, Switch encourages people to enjoy the streets in a new way by walking, biking, and moving around safely on closed streets around the Halifax Peninsula. The idea is that you switch how you think about your streets and your community. So this year, Argyle Street between Prince and Blower Streets will be closed. It's actually already closed as part of the summer street closures, but it will be part of the Switch Halifax route along with uh, some parts of Agricola Street and Spring Garden Road. So Downtown Halifax Business Commission will be activating the two blocks of Argyle Street with some exciting and family-friendly events and activities. Just to name a few, Halifax Circus, the Discovery Center, Halifax Dance, and Neptune Theatre will be doing some performances and activities. We'll also have a face painter and a balloon artist. There'll be pop-up shops and some businesses along Argyle will be selling takeaway on their patios. 
And e-scooters is going to be set up by the Carlton, so you can check out those. So it should be a really fun afternoon. And, of course, all the activities are free. Um, so hopefully a lot of people come out and enjoy Switch. Sounds like a great time and super accessible as well. That's so great to have yes, so much free yeah. programming available yeah. to people. Yeah. So they're hoping that people will move around the city from Agricola mm-hmm. to Argyle to Spring Garden. So, yeah, yeah. Good, good way to get around the city on a nice on a nice Sunday. Yeah, we'll do nice. the whole route. Uh, there's yeah. actually other... Um, they're planning a stroller walk, um, walk and stroll. That's what it's called. Right. And so um, parents with kids and strollers, they're just going to do the whole route from oh, Agricola uh, down to Argyle uh, yeah. to Spring Garden. So yeah. that's going to be that's going to be a fun event as well, just mm-hmm. you know, for families and yeah, anyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So these are just a few events happening this month in downtown Halifax. For more events, head to our website, downtownhalifax.ca, or check out the Coast listing at thecoast.ca. Yeah, and we also come out every Thursday, too, in print, if you would like to read us there. Great, thank you. Morgan Mullen is the Arts and Entertainment Editor at The Coast. For more information on events happening in downtown Halifax, visit downtownhalifax.ca or thecoast.ca. Get ready for some blatant propaganda. For this segment of the Downtown Lowdown, we are going to discuss things that are happening in downtown Halifax that we think both businesses and residents should know, including street closures, parking issues, construction updates, etc. Today we have just one thing that we'd like to talk about, and that is the summer street road closures of Argyle Street. Argyle Street between Prince and Blower Streets has been closed each weekend during the summer. This started at the end of June and it goes until Monday, September 30th. Argyle Street between Prince and Blowers closes to motor vehicles at 5 p.m. on Fridays to Mondays at 6 a.m. These two blocks become fully open to pedestrians during this time frame, and all the stores and businesses are still open. And in fact, most of the restaurants on the street extend their patios out into the sidewalk area. There are only three more weekends of the summer street closures on Argyle. So if you haven't already, get down and enjoy these two blocks of Argyle when they are pedestrian only while you can. You've been listening to Downtown Lowdown with Downtown Halifax Business Commission. Find us on social media at Downtown Halifax. If you like what you heard, please share your thoughts using hashtag Downtown Lowdown. For more information and links, visit downtownhalifax.ca.